0: Lifeway. Lifeway. Lifeway Leadership Podcast Network G'day, I'm Scott Sanders. I'm Derek Kenner. Welcome to the One Thing, a podcast designed to give you one solid practical tip for Gospel Center ministry. Every week. And it's a Christmas episode. Now, I'm just going to give it a little insight into uh, Mm. my fellow podcast host Mm. over here. (laughs) What do you got? He hasn't told me about this. (laughs) So we do Secret Santa, right? Okay. Now, I know what you're thinking. Secret Santa, yeah, it's a great thing. $10 gift. How how might you go about sort of working out names for a Secret Santa (coughs) okay? Most people (laughs) would put names in a hat and then they'd shoot an email off or they might just say, hey, you've got Isaac, you know, I've got Mark, you've got... No, Derek sets up a website called (coughs) Draw Names. I did not set up the website. (laughs) It's complicated, you know, crazy system. You (laughs) got to put your name in, send an email, password, and then people can, you know, put on their Just phenomenal. I'm thinking. It just, just take Secret Santa to a whole new level. All right.
1: I did realise, in hindsight now, I realised it was a Ponzi scheme that I signed everyone up for. <laughs> I think I've been asked, I
0: think I've been asked, I've been sold so much stuff in the last week. <laughs> They've got all my details. Yep. And now I've got about 10 more things to And that was the to. secret of it, that you are <laughs> signing up
1: to a Ponzi scheme. <laughs> yes.
0: Now, the one thing is brought to you with thanks to Geneva Push and the drawnames.com um, website. Jump on if you want to do your Secret Santas. And get a whole bunch of unsolicited emails. Don't do it. Don't do it. (laughs) Now, Jim Push is the Australian Church Planning Network, and we're also part of the Lifeway Leadership Podcast Network. We'd encourage you to check out their podcast page, especially this Christmas. They've got a whole bunch of great episodes thinking about church, Christmas, uh, and the great opportunities that are there. But for now, you press play on episode number 88 of The One Thing, 10 years, 10 years of church planning trends. That's nearly a decade. It's a nearly a decade. It fact, a decade. It is a
1: decade. It is a decade. Yep, that's a good correction. Uh, so it has been 10 years of church planning. Well, there's been church planning happening in Australia for over 200 years now, uh, 220 years, in fact. Um, but what we want to focus on is the last 10 years, uh, particularly Geneva, uh, Push, who, you know, Scott, you've led and you work with even now as you're doing Rich Australia and I've worked with the last four years. Um, we have seen um, in the last 10 years, Uh, nearly 100 churches planted. Uh, We've learnt a whole bunch of things um, about church planting. We've seen great things happen. We've seen real challenges. So we want to dig into this uh, Christmas episode of The One Thing is what some of those church planting trends have been in the last 10 years. Not going to cover everything, but just some of the key ones that you, as you've been kind of right at the heart of that um, church planting movement around Geneva, what you've seen.
0: Well, I guess one of the big ones is we've seen um, the start of of church planting networks. You know, so probably before ten years ago, most of the church planning was done. Uh, you know, generally with sort of a twenty, a twenty, a two thousand vision. You know, or a nineteen ninety six mission plan, um, and it was and it was being driven by uh, either the denomination at the centre or by you know larger local churches who who saw the opportunity. So we've seen the rise of networks. Now we've seen that
1: that's just in Australia as well. Not obviously not elsewhere in the world, but particularly in Australia. Well, you
0: what? I mean, we have seen a whole bunch of networks uh, kick off you know, in North America. So I I guess I'm speaking, when I'm speaking about church planning trends, we're speaking largely about Australia and we're speaking about Western church planning trends. And and so in Australia, we've seen, uh, you know, Geneva Push, obviously. Uh, We've seen City to City kick off. We've seen Acts 29 come to Australia. We've also seen local networks as well. Uh, So Holy Trinity, you know, is a great example of another, uh, you know, city-based church uh, church planning network that's had a vision to, you know, start new churches. Vision
1: 100 in Tassie.
0: Vision One Hundred, uh, you know, kicked off in the last ten years as well, with the, with a vision to see hundred churches in uh, in Tassie. So some geographic, uh, geographic, you know, visionary mo- networks, some national network movers, and then some global networks that have come to Australia and said, "Hey, you know, we can we can help uh, Australia in Acts Twenty Nine and, and city to city." Mm. Yep. So so what what has that meant? I, I think that's lifted the temperature, you know, over the last ten years, you know, on church planting. Um, I. I don't, I don't think we've necessarily seen this massive spike in church planning. But interestingly, we went along to the NCLS day, uh, you know, a couple of, over this last month. For the first time in, you know, decades, the, you know, the church is, is I guess, on the increase in terms of, you know, sort of nominal, no, nominal coming to church. Now that that could be church planning, it could also be migration coming to Australia. Uh, it could also just be, you know, we're 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 seeing the end of the arrest of, um, of people not going to church. Yeah.
1: Let's go back 10 years because I want to. We'll keep digging into the trends. But if we go back 10 years and just ask you, what, what back then, 10 years ago, was the drive for some of these movements beginning and church planning having a bit more prominent role in Christianity Australia?
0: Well, I think it's always been a desire to see the lost one for Christ. You know, church planning that isn't evangelistic is, uh, I don't think. I don't think church planning, I think it's it's either coming from a church split or it's coming from a desire to have our brand, you know, in this place, which I don't think is necessarily the best motivation for, for starting a new church. Uh so I think I think mo- most of well, I don't think mo- most of the motivation is actually to uh to reach the loss, to not just rearrange um the deck chairs. Now, you know, obviously that was really fueled um you know, really fueled, I think, by a whole bunch of younger church planners by by Mark Driscoll, but I think it was well, it was fueled by a number of Australian leaders heading off to the states and seeing kind of the tail end of the church growth movement uh, and the rise of the, you know, I guess of, you know, the push for church planning around the, around the place.
1: Because Driscoll came in, I think, about twelve years ago. Cause he yeah, came yeah 2000, from 2007, seven, two thousand eight right. came out. Yeah. yeah, and he did stir the pot. Didn't necessarily say anything that we didn't know. Um, and that other people weren't saying, but he did have that habit of stirring the pot, and so I remember that distinctly. Actually, when he came out, he came to Brisbane, and that did seem to be a moment where people did put their hand up and say, "Let's do something now." Um, but there were people before that saying it as well. Yeah,
0: so I mean, the the ACC movement or the you know, formerly the AAG movement, you know, from the 1990s, they had a church planting vision that really, you know, by 2000, that 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 was you know planting a church, I think, a week. Um, now that's slow over the last ten years, we've actually seen that slow down. If we're looking for big trends in denominations, the AOG actually slowed down their church planting. And what we saw over the last ten years, I think, from the AOG uh, network, was actually a, a, a consolidation of churches. We actually saw a movement towards multi-site. So that's been another big trend over the last ten years. We've actually seen a number of you know large church churches you know become multi-site churches. So a church, one church, in Um, in more than one place so that's been another trend which i don't think we've seen the the fruit i think the the obvious fruit that comes out of that is hopefully a centralization that again pushes pushes back out i think a lot of that multi-site stuff has been actually um, uh, consolidating already existing works as churches you know die and fade Uh, but more recently i think there has been a more concerted push to towards using multi-site as a launch strategy
1: All right, that's a good place just to pause because I'm going to ask you when we come back, I'm going to ask you to push into, what were those church planners originally like? What were the characteristics um, for them? But let me just pause for a second. Uh, The One Thing's part of the Lifeway Leadership Podcast Network, and this is a good chance to point you to one of our partner podcasts. In fact, this is someone we've had on before, J.D. Greer. He's got a podcast called Ask Me Anything with J.D. Greer and Matt Love. Uh, Part of the Lifeway Leadership Podcast Network family they are, and they've covered topics like... What do you do if you find out about sexual abuse situations in your church? Um, thinking through, is faith a gift of God? There's a whole bunch of others. Go in their podcast, have a look, just look up Ask Me Anything. Uh, good quality, good, thoughtful, godly guys, um, and you can see that. But let's head back to today's topic. And Scott, Scott, you got anything for the toolbox today when it comes to 10 years of church planning trends?
0: Yeah, look, I'm going to uh, put a link to a PowerPoint. Uh, just on some learnings from the North American church planning movement, I, I just think that's a helpful thing just to 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 look back on. Uh, I I think a fantastic article that I've found really helpful as well is some research that Ed Stetzer did uh, for Exponential uh, over fifteen or over over ten years ago. Just on the seven things that church planners face. I I'll put the long version there. I really think that's just a cracker article for any church planner to read, just so you've got the right expectations. Um, and then I guess the um, the final resource is. Uh, I, I think one of the big, you know, sort of game changers with church planning has been the the growth of coaching and the need, you know, for you to have a coach in ministry, someone who's more than a mentor but actually someone who's keeping you accountable. And so we've got some uh, coaching events happening uh, in uh, March, March, end of March, year. start of April. Yeah. yeah, and so we'll put a link to those events as well in the show notes because I reckon everyone in ministry ought to have some. Sort of training and coaching so we'd love you to get along to those events.
1: Absolutely. can I th- I want to throw one more in there. Meredith Lake has written a book called The History of the Bible in Australia and it's fascinating. It just uh, follows the, the trends and the contours of, of how the Bible has impacted sometimes consciously, sometimes unconsciously I want to throw that out there. You can get that on Amazon. It's excellent. I'm reading it at the moment. Alright back to uh, the questions topic at hand. Scott, I mentioned before that I want to dig back into uh, 10 years ago uh, where did those planters come from? What were their characteristics? Why, at that point, were they putting up their hand to plant?
0: Well, as I said, I I think most of them had a motivation to actually reach their local community. So I can I can still remember one of the first car trips I had to a uh, Geneva push meeting ten years ago I was on the way to the Central Coast, and I was sitting next to a church planter from Brisbane. Um, he had just started a church in um, you know in the west in in one of the western suburbs in Brisbane and uh and i w- I was struck by I guess the ordinariness of him, you know, like say so you, your expectation of a church planner is there this this amazing you know alpha male leader who you know is going to take everyone with him i w- I was struck by the ordinariness of this guy but but there was a deep you know conviction about the need uh for everyone to know the gospel because it's a gospel that you know has the, is a power to change, and so uh here was this ordinary bloke. Who was, um, you know, reading the Bible with refugees that had been moving the area, uh, taking a number of, you know, UD students from his existing church to start this church in the western suburbs of Brisbane, and so uh, I, I think church planters they're always ordinary, but with an extraordinary God who's who's given them these convictions to go and, you know, leave their current church or leave their current suburb to go and plant a uh, a church in a in a location where there's there's not many churches or in a place where there needs to be more churches, um, so uh, I, I'm. I think I I don't think that person has changed. I I think uh most church planners who put themselves through an assessment process, you know, are really, you know, coming at it going, I don't know if I'm the right person. Uh I don't think I've got all that I need and 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 I think that's the best place to be is you're going into an assessment process. You really want to be vulnerable, you really want to open yourself up to um this might not be the best thing uh because it, church planning is hard work. Um you know, so over the last 10 years I've seen you know I've seen marriages under stress I've seen you know church pastors go through um you know conflict and burnout and stress uh, now established church ministry is hard as well so don't don't, don't hear me saying church planning is not is is harder and you know these guys sacrifice more um they don't it's just different and uh and so uh I think a uh, a willingness and a readiness to get assessed is um is really important. I mean that's one of the big you know, I think one of the big changes in the last ten years is I think we've really improved our systems for assessment and then our support systems as well. So uh, I reckon, you know, ten years ago we didn't really have a lot of uh quality assessment process. I think church army was Church Army and uh probably CoachNet were the only two places where there was an assessment, you know, system. Uh, and, and I think a number of, pre, you know, Prezi and Baptist denominations had, had something as well. So I think well, we've, we've yeah. seen improvement in assessment process. Oh, I echo
1: that. I, I wasn't assessed. Um, should have been. I didn't have a coach. Would have should been have fantastic. Had. <laughs> should have, absolutely. <laughs> Craig Tucker, where were you? Anyway, uh, talk about trends over the last 10 years. What have been, you mentioned multi-site before. Have there been other big trends that you could put f- your finger on?
0: Yeah, I, I think we have seen, you know, the, the, pi- the Pioneer Planter, I think, uh, we're not going to see that off, I think, you know, but I think early on there was a lot of pioneer planters, you know, Mark Driscoll raised up a whole bunch of young blokes who said, you know, ah, let's, you know, the church, is, the church is doing it all wrong, let's go and Charge you know, the hill. Yeah, charge the hill. I think we still need to be doing pioneer plant. There are still places in Australia that are unreached. We've still got a whole bunch of new growth areas in, in most of our major cities and, and increasingly now in our, in our larger regional populations as well. So we still need someone to go to these new places to plant churches. Uh, so I, I think we have, um, I think we've seen a, a slowdown in, in the congregation plant. Um, and I and I want to encourage people to actually see a congregation plant as a plant and give it the same level of rigor, assessment, coaching. You mean and on planning.
1: site? Another sort of say at uh, ten thirty if you've got a nine or evening.
0: Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, on, and on site uh, congregation that's part of existing church. I don't think I don't think we give the you know the the same amount of rigor and planning that that we need to. So when we start a new morning service, we start a new afternoon service. We need to give it the same level of um, of, uh, of rigor.
1: What went as expected the last 10 years and what didn't?
0: Uh, well, I'd hoped, I'd hoped, you know, push would plant 15 churches each year. So I hope there'd be a slow, you know, sort of gradual momentum increase so that this year we'd be planting 25 churches. Uh, now, in you know, I think it's good to plan. It's good to plan for growth. It's good to be ready for that to happen. I think part of the last 10 years is actually people have seen church planting is hard work and we're we've actually slowed down in order to speed up. Um, I know that doesn't make sense, but I think now the quality of guys coming through, um, you know, in terms of The their preparedness their, maybe. Yeah, prepare, yeah, yeah, their preparedness uh, I think is, is a lot better and, the, and their reasonableness about the expectations of a church plant is a lot better.
1: Yeah, yep. Um, all right. Well, look, that does bring us to the end of the show, uh, but what is the one thing people should be taking away when it comes to the last 10 years of church planting?
0: The last 10 years of Church planning, I think, has shown us the importance of getting assessed, the importance of uh, having a coach to walk alongside you, and uh, the great benefit that it comes from having a peer network around you to actually support you, to cheer you on, to provide financial resources and prayer support. Uh, so I'd say get assessed, get a coach, and be part of a network, um, and really you know, give yourself to that network for the next you know, 10, 20 years.
1: Hmm, Absolutely. Um, Well, that brings us to the end of the show. Just as we finish up, let me give one more plug for the coaching tour that's happening next year. Coaching is not just for networks, although we have found in Geneva Push a huge, hugely important and beneficial part of supporting and helping uh, planters become self-learners and within Reach Australia. Now it's a hugely important part of helping people who are leading churches do the same thing. And so we have in the last couple of years Opened up our coaching uh, within Geneva to a whole bunch of different networks and churches, and uh, people. The feedback has been overwhelmingly; it's been positive. So on March thirty-one next year in twenty twenty, uh, they'll be in Brisbane. Uh, on the second of April, they'll be in Melbourne, and on the third of April, they'll be in Sydney. Craig, Tucker, and Kathy Heard training coaches uh, for your context and your networks. So we'd love you to come along. We'll put a link in the show notes.
0: Well, thanks for joining us for another episode of the One Thing. Coming up in our next episode. You've heard what you can learn from the past, that's me. Now the one thing takes you into the future, that's Derek, <laughs> the future.
1: That's good. We'll put an echo on that. Excellent. Well, we'll be doing our best to predict what direction Church Bay is going to go into the future, and uh, yes, we'll uh, see you in the new year for that one. I'm Scott Sanders. I'm Derek Hanner. Chat soon.